0: there. It's time to double your pleasure and double your fun. It's time for part two of the epic mini-series podcast with Ed and Sean, a.k.a. Geeksters. Now, it's your
1: Welcome to episode 257, part 2 of Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed.
0: And I'm your host, Sean.
1: What's so funny? I want to apologize for the part 1 if you're listening.
0: Know. Am I still on the mic? Can you hear me? Yes, well, here's the thing. Right.
1: This is the reason why. Usually, for the intro, because the music's playing, I turn you up so that way you can talk over the music. Right. And I turn you down... When the music's over I forgot to do that for part one So in the intro and ending of part one If Sean's a little louder than usual It's because I forgot to turn his mic down After the music started playing
0: I was really up in there, huh? Yes (laughs) I was up in those ear holes (laughs) Sorry I'll be gentle (laughs) Well, uh, welcome all to part two Yes Excuse me. Um in part 2 here we
1: talk about our Thursday night movie. Yes, we missed out on the first part so we figured we'd add it now.
0: Yep. Um then we get right into the news. Yeah. And in the new news we have a little Batman talk. We have a Star Wars talk. We do have a Star Wars talk.
1: Yes. Yes. We did. Yeah, JJ Abrams. Yes. <laughs> yes <we did. laughs> just, just, there's a few there's a few articles I just didn't get them all in there so. <laughs> well,
0: and we have a discussion about Batman. A little bit. A few discussions about that. Yeah. Um, and uh, what else did we talk about? There's other news articles. <laughs> There's other stuff there. was are. only a couple of hours ago. Kind of, kind of a little woozy now. <laughs> I'm gassy, so all the oxygen's leaving my brain. Going <laughs> out
1: his butt. Yeah.
0: Um, well, again, uh, any questions? Save until the end, and we'll uh, see you at the end. And we're back. You're listening to Geeksters Live on AquanetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, and tune in. Just search for Aquanet Radio those apps. All right. Last we left the show, uh, Ed was going to do the news, but instead, we're going to talk about Thursday Night's movie. Yes. Which was The Kingsman. Yes. Uh, like I said, in the past, Ed and I have seen it. Yes. I've seen it like three or four times. I've seen it like about that many times. Yeah. And it was Stacey's first time. reason why we went, to, this was a Thursday Night movie, cause I'm pretty sure we're going to be seeing the sequel in... This Sunday, so we should have a review of Kingsman: The Golden Circle next week for you. Nice. So, uh, what did you think of the movie?
2: I thought it was good. Okay. All right. There you go.
0: And he kind of.
2: Okay. Um. Kind of threw me off. Of that. At first, I didn't know that it was apparently a comic. Comedy? Yeah. Comic?
0: Oh, it's comic book. Yeah.
2: Um. So I didn't know that. I thought it was just like someone thought of this. Um, I kind of wish it was cause I wish people would think of like new shit to put in movies that's not based on like something else. You know what I mean? Right. So I thought that they just thought of this con this concept and I'm like, all right, cool. Someone thought of some new shit. Right. And then you said Thursday that it was based on a comic and I was like, guess no one thought of some new shit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, I mean it was good. There was nothing that like super, super surprised me or. I don't think that there was like a like, plot twist or... All right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. It was a really good movie. You know what I mean? And if it was on TV, I may even watch it again. And I'm pretty excited for the second one. But it was pretty, like, straight through with the story. You know, right. like, this happened, this happened, this happened, ending. You know, right. like there was nothing... <laughs> which is a good thing sometimes. No, no. You know?
0: I, I, the only thing I kind of wished that... Okay. Um, in the movie character dies okay he gets shot in the head shot mm-hmm. right in the face mm-hmm. um I'm gonna, try, I'm gonna try to get the uh, uh
1: the actor who or the character that got shot yeah as it were
0: uh colin firth's character um harry hart yes okay he there's this big face off between him after the great great action sequence in the church mm-hmm. he comes out and there he is face to face with you know Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson doing his best Mike Tyson impersonation ever. That lisp is well, great.
1: Well, I said, I, I said, Samuel L. Jackson's choice for this lisp is the fact that he was a a computer mogul kind of person who was a programmer. That that uh, Steve Jobs type, Steve Jobs type, you know, kind of thing. And he was he was kind of like. Critiquing what geeks sound like, and he was doing that lisp, which was really distracting. I think for, oh, for Stacey, so
2: distracting for me, I could not. Every time he came on and said something with an S, I literally could not keep it together. <laughs> I was trying real hard because I was like, "All right, this is there's like some funnies in it or whatever, but I don't think that this is supposed to be like a comedy comedy. But if Samuel Jackson was on the fucking screen, I died laughing every time. Like I could It was, really a, it was a dramedy. <laughs> It was um, an action comedy. In yes. the comic, is Samuel Jackson's character doesn't have a list. I don't know. I never read the comic. I feel like that would matter. You know, like I mean, for Ed's theory.
0: It, it probably might have. I mean, I do know. This is what I do know. Um, Mark Hamill's in it.
2: Yes. Okay,
0: he plays a character who gets killed in the first one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I thought it was going to bother you a little bit more than uh
2: Listen, he, he, I didn't see his face enough for it to really, really hurt me. Okay, okay? all right. It's not going to bother me. Until the last Jedi comes. Okay. <laughs> and it'll bother me.
0: If he dies in that one.
2: When? <laughs>
0: so the story that I that Mark Hamill says is that Mark uh Millar, Mark Miller, who who created the comic book, mm-hmm. actually he Mark Hamill is actually in the comic book. He is uh one of the people gets killed in like the first comic, I guess you might say. Right. And they asked him, you know, when they went, they went to approach him, they were like, hey, look, we kind of want to use your likeness to be the starting point for the story. And he's a big comic nerd, so he was like, yeah, sure, no problem. So I think it was one of those, like, since you're in the comic book, would you like to be in the movie kind of thing? Yeah. And I don't think it was, uh, hey, I don't think he actually had to uh, apply for the job, you might say. He's and like, I don't I have, to have to hold a lightsaber, lights right? You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> and I get to talk in an accent? Sure, I'm in. <laughs> Yeah, I get, to,
1: I get to stretch as an actor. I'm in. You know, like yeah, I'm not. Nobody making, wants Joker. All right. Nobody, okay. nobody
0: wants Joker or Luke. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> um. So in the sequel, when the first time you see the sequel, it's the red band trailer because when the red band, for those people who don't know, there's in America, there's what's called red band trailers mm-hmm. where you know there's going to be a little extra blood, a little bit more language. It's you know, a, 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 more of an adult teaser, right? And for the Kingsman. There was a Red Band trailer, and at the very end of that trailer, you have Mark Strong's character and Teddert. Uh, uh, let's see, I'm trying to always remember his name. Uh, uh, Eggsy, his character. I can never pronounce his name correctly. Taron Egerton, or yeah, ta, Taron Egerton. Yeah, he's him and Mark Strong are sitting there. Who plays Merlin in the movie? Mm. Are sitting at a screen. They see Colin Firth's character shaving with an eye patch, and they're both like, "Fuck me." Like, because in the first one he's dead. Yeah. And the second one you see him, I was like, "Holy shit! What the how do How the hell did he make? A, he's in the sequel? Like, right. wow!" So I'm really interested in seeing how they're going to bring him back. Like, how does how does he come back? Like, right. I, I, yeah. That's my key thing. Uh, I also liked the movie too because I thought that Colin Firth at the time wasn't really an action hero. Like, he was more of a, of a drama guy. He was he was the king in the King's Speech. Yeah. So he, I think he won an Oscar for it, or at least was nominated. Well, I mean, he said he
1: he was also in like the Bridget Jones series. Uh, yeah, he's doing, not known
0: for kicking ass and taking names, right? He's
1: a lot of, a lot of dramedy uh, kind of movies, comedies, and and dramas kind of thing. That's what his kind of spiel is, and he does a really good job, I and mean, he's a really good actor for what he does. And it's just kind of like this was like a real departure from what he normally does on a on a on a daily basis or whatever uh, um, for his he, real job. Yes. <laughs>
0: So I was surprised. I was. I really liked his character, so I'm glad they bring him back. But I'm also like, you guys shot in the face. I mean, now granted, that scene you could dissect and say that Samuel L. Jackson did turn his head before he, he pulled the trigger. Right. And also one could say that it went through his eye socket and out the other side, you know, and missed his head, missed his brain completely. Yeah. Because that's been known to happen in movies. Sure. You know? <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I mean, it's a sequel. I do like the, you know... I like, you know, having Channing uh, Chan Tatum in it and uh, another guy's in it. He's from Narcos, uh, the guy with the lasso, who who Dad says has got the Burt Reynolds seventies mustache. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the lasso. It's a porn stash. Porn stash. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad you liked it. I
2: huh? did like it. Yeah. So I mean, that's, I, <laughs> I feel like y'all want more from me. No, I, I don't no. have any more.
0: Just an opinion's good. You know the show. <laughs> <Your name. laughs> there's there's your opinion
2: i likes it
1: as it's it's definitely one of those movies you could re-watch over yes. and over again and enjoy like yeah. the yes. first time and just like yes pick up on well i don't think you really could pick up on anything new but there's a lot of like just stuff that you go ooh, here's that scene you know that's right. a really good scene coming up and then you watch it and you're like yay <laughs>
0: how exciting so yeah. i'm
1: glad they're making a the sequel
0: all right, so uh, now on to the news. Oh, yes. Ed, what's your first story?
1: The first story, of course, I think is probably the biggest story of the week is the fact that J.J. Abrams is coming back to Star Wars.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I saw that. He's
1: going to write and direct Star Wars Episode 9.
0: To the chagrin of many Star Wars fans, apparently. That's, yeah, but <laughs> apparently,
1: because they're all talking this is going to be Episode 9, of Return of Jedi 2, <laughs> or something like that. It's a ridiculous uh, title. And uh yeah, he's uh, it's gonna come out December night uh December twentieth, twenty nineteen is the release date. And uh the him and a co-writer of uh his I lost it here. But, 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 oh uh Chris Terrio, the two of them are gonna write the the thing. Of course, it's gonna be produced by Kathleen Kennedy, Michelle Rejon, Adam uh the stand the uh, usual suspect. Right. All
0: right. Yes. Um how do you feel about that?
1: You know what, I I'm 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 on board. I mean, I don't think he did that bad of a job for episode uh, um, uh, seven. You know, I mean, now granted, I mean, you could rehash it as as being episode four again. it's you know? legitimately
0: like a retelling of episode four.
1: You know, but I mean, I think it's slightly different in terms of the characters and who you have, and you know, I mean, it's not like an exact ripoff. Like, you know, you know, there's no stolen plans that they're trying to get back, and
0: right. I I kind of feel like the episode seven was like very mirror image of episode four but star wars real star wars fans will kind of go like look everything happens in a circular motion Mm -hmm. in this in this kind of a storyline right luke leia han that that it seems to be kind of no matter what happens you can't seem to uh elude your fate i guess you might say right now and i also do kind of believe that episodes one two and three did kind of leave a little bit of a bad taste in the Star Wars fans' mouths. Okay. Um, so I think that you kind of had to cl- cleanse the palate a little bit with, like, a, hey, remember episode four, how much fun that was? Here's a modern retelling of it. Mm-hmm. To kind of with the same characters, some new ones thrown in, and then we continue the story. Um, I-, I think, now keep in mind, too, episode nine's lost, like, two or three directors already.
1: Yes. You know, there's a lot of discussion about that. You know, of course, it, the Han Solo movie losing their directors and ben then Ron right, Howard. Right. And then, of course, the, the episode nine did lose their director. So that was like I think you're right. Two or three have, have gone away since then. But I mean, it's just like it's so far in advance. They haven't released eight yet. You know, you, you haven't gotten that far. You you still have to wait for the you know, the the sub stories that you're going to get. Like I said, Han Solo and I think the next one's going to be an a, a, a Obi Wan story that you're going to get. Right. So, those kind of things are going to happen. So, y- you go, all right, you know what? But he's he. I think he can learn from what he did. Like, but go, well, you know what? If a lot of these, uh, th- a lot of these fans think that it's a repeat of Episode Four Nine, I'm not gonna I'm not going to have Ewoks, you know, save the day. <laughs> 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 you know, to destroy the Death Star. Or- Stop the uh, people from getting the shield generator Yeah, No, because that's going to
0: happen in episode eight with those little cute little flying little stuff. Thing. The prongs.
1: The prongs. Or, the prongs, yep. Yeah,
0: that's going to be the new Ewok. Yes. You know, I, I also kind of think, like, I, I really enjoyed Seven, so I'm okay. I also enjoyed the reboot of Star Trek. I, I kind of feel like J. J. James will do a fine job. Yeah. I also think, too, that he probably might be the only one that could actually give a proper goodbye to Carrie Fisher because mm. she was supposed to be in nine. Yeah. So you now you got to redo the script to find a way to kind of write her out of it or keep her in it without being actually seen. Yes. You know, so it's going to be kind of tough. So I think that the going back to the drawing board with the guy who helped bring those guys back into the series is, is kind of a good thing.
1: Well, the, it, you know, but that's the thing. Like, it's still up in the air because, I mean, like the, 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 the uh, Carrie Fisher's family – has given permission to Lucas uh, 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 Entertainment to continue on if, if they wanted to do the do the same thing they did with Peter Cushing, you know, bringing an actress in that has a similar body type, redoing the face, yeah, you the know, girl, modulating the voice, you get know, the girl from
0: Rogue One, because they actually had a body double because in Rogue One, yes, you know, they had the girl. well, that was young
1: Princess Leia. We're already an older right, yeah, Princess Leia, yeah, I think, or yeah, General right. Leia now.
0: Yeah, I think you can kind of age that girl a little bit.
1: I mean, no, it's like not really, you know. Yeah, but. I mean,
0: we'll see. I, I don't, I don't know. We have to see how Episode Nine ends. Yes, like Princess right. Leia could she could be on a planet that gets blown up, or in a spaceship that gets blown up? You know, like in front of Luke, so that way Luke can survive to Episode Nine. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I don't care. I'm happy that there's somebody that has already got the. The thing with Disney and Star Wars and all their Marvel movies is they need people who can tow the company line. Mm-hmm. They go, look, this is what we want to do. Don't do your own vision. This is the vision that we have in place. Abide by those rules, and we'll have no problem. Step Deviate from that that guideline, then we're going to have words. Yes. You know, then there's a knock at the door. All right. Yo, hey, uh just want to say, you uh, making a Han Solo movie? A uh, comedy? <laughs> fucking kidding me? (laughs) And out of of nowhere, gosh. (laughs) 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 Career suicide. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So I think JJ kind of, he's already worked with them. So he knows what they want and what their rules are. So I figure it kind of falls into like, all right, I did it once. I can do it again. You know, tell me what you need and I'll do it kind of thing. Uh, uh, uh. Well, you know, you you
1: bring up the Han Solo movie, which oh. could, could segue into this next story. So that's why I, I I'm I'm flipping Shovel through moves. shuffling my papers to find the correct story for this. Actually, is the fact is is that what Phil Lord and Chris Miller are up to now that they've got released from the doing the Han Solo movie. Release is such a nice t-
0: term by saying fired.
1: <laughs> You're fired. You're fired.
0: <laughs> Get so, out. So what are those two knuckleheads doing? <laughs>
1: Well, apparently, they're doing a pilot for ABC. Wow. Now, people who don't know, ABC is owned and operated by know. Disney. So it's kind of thing. They feel that the, 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 the mouse house
0: decided to uh, kind of make, you know. Look, well, come, here, come, come here, kids. Make it like, nice. I like you too. You know what? I understand you're making your own little movie. It's not what we had planned, but you know what? I like you too. Right. I think you two are nice boys. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you an opportunity. Right. To make amends by making us a TV show. What's that
1: show going to be about? It's going to be... The show's called We Can Do Better is the name of the show. Sounds like what they should
0: have done with their movie. <laughs> <laughs> they should have done better and they wouldn't have been fired. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's it going to be about?
1: It's about a, uh, a mom, a, a soccer mom in the South. And after the kids are called Woke... And they must. she must deal with how the ideologies... Okay, okay. Her, her uh, I- I- ideologies. Ideologies? Yes. Okay. Uh, with everyday life and way the kids are re- interacting with that. Okay.
0: You threw a phrase out there called woke. Do you know what that means? No. Do
2: you know what that means?
0: I do know what okay. that means.
2: I just wanted to make sure, in case not, I my young self does know what that means. All right. Means.
0: Now, I don't know what it means, so explain it to me. Woke is the term that's used in days, day, day and age, where people kind of see things for what they quote unquote are like they'll point out misogynistic behavior or feministic behavior or things like that to be mm-hmm. like you need to wise up and be woke that that's racist or that's sexist and they're the first ones in line to point a finger and go that's bad. Am I right?
2: Eh, All right. That definition is coming from someone who I would say is not woke. Oh, okay? ow basically to say, and i didn't mean that in an insult i mean that people who have come up with the term woke are Mm -hmm. using it as a direct shot at people who are of older generation who who don't who haven't necessarily been okay with um bringing light to like what what the younger generation feels like is like the real problem with society i checked the urban
0: dictionary and there's a couple of definitions. Do you like yes, to hear them? Yes, there is a couple. They're, the first one I'm going to say is probably more than the truth, is being woke means being aware, knowing right. what's going on in the community, relating to racism and social injustice. But the top one is my favorite. The state of perceived intellectual superiority one gains by reading the Huffington Post. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> so, uh, so basically what it sounds like is that um, old-school Southern mom that's very probably really strict and really close-minded is going to have to deal with her kids who are going to be real woke, in fact, of, Mom, you can't say that, or, Mom, you can't do that. That's racist, or that's sexist. And she's going to go, what? I want to be at home making dinner for your father. No, Mom, you should be out getting a job. That's not the way it is today. (laughs) I, I find it a little bit stereotypical that it's got to be someone from the South.
2: (laughs) To be honest, this kind of reminds me of my mother (laughs) (laughs) who is from the South. And I would say is definitely not woke. (laughs) Um, There's been a lot of times I've gotten into conversations with my mom about like, Hey, I know that y'all did it like that. Like way back in the seventies. It's, this is a newer day and age. Things have changed. You should really like try to expand your mind a little bit to try to think like, Maybe the way that I was taught to do it is probably not the best for like humanity as a whole. You know, mm-hmm. I've gotten it. these are arguments that I've got. I'm really excited to watch that. <laughs> I'm like, Mom, you need to the this because this is our life on TV. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you
1: might sue. I mean, you might have to make some money <laughs> off
0: this. I, I don't know. Like, I kind of. My mom a, was
2: never. A I gotta
0: be honest. The people who are quote unquote woke are probably gonna have a problem with that that show. Okay. Because if it's been in a comedic setting. They're going to be like, oh, these people are making fun of real issues, and therefore they ain't woke. They're just making fun of the way things are today.
2: Maybe. The only way that that's going to be okay is if the mom is making fun and the kids are taking it very seriously. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, if the mom's not taking it seriously, but the kids are, like, real passionate about it, I think that instantly the mom's going to become a villain in these woke people's eyes, you know, like, in society— the mom will be the villain, and the kids will be the ones they need to listen to, so they won't be as angry.
0: If it's done right, I think that they could make the mom the likable bigot, because it worked back in the 70s with All in the Family, with Archie Bunker. Complete bigot, racist, whatever you want to call him, but the show was popular because he had his son-in-law and his daughter were kind of like, you shouldn't say that, you shouldn't do that, that's not the way the world is today. Kind of like... I would say they were woke before the term even started. Started, right. You know, so you can, ha- if the mom's done right, and she's done as like, I'm, the problem I have is, is that they're going to make her kind of hillbillyish. I got a feeling. I got a feeling they're going to. I
2: don't have a problem with that at all. <laughs> and I'm I mean, hillbilly. I, I, I so. got a
0: feeling that it's going to be one of those, they're going to take a stereotype of, an, of a, what might, one might see as someone from the South mm-hmm. and use that as a caricature. To ride on the backs of these social, you know, social issues, but by while riding a stereotype.
1: I don't know about the stereotypes because they did say it's a soccer mom, so I'm thinking it's always like those, like the cheerleader mom or the or the baseball mom or the you know the, the person that it's kind of like supporting the kids in a way because they're driving them to practice every day and, you know, right. taking them home, taking them all the games, traveling to different towns or I mean, whatever. I she's not going
0: to be like Roseanne bar sitting at home with a, you know, stirring, me and cooking with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth. I, she'll probably try to be the cool hip mom that everyone that's completely ignorant to everything that's going on. Right. You know, but I still think that that is still somewhat of a stereotype. Now, I could be completely wrong. I mean, we're talking about a show that is just, it talks about being made. Yes. They can make a pilot and ABC go, oh, my God, this show sucks. Or, oh, my God, this show's great. But, again, it falls under that blanket of you have a bunch of executives saying that this should be funny. Because, but they're usually the ones who are least in touch with society. Yes. So we're going to put this on air and people are going to be like, well, I'm going to have to watch this show because apparently it's supposed to ad- address social and ethical situations. How are they going to do that in a comedy?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, who are you going to be making fun of? And like, like Stacy said, I mean, if you're not making fun of the situation, but you're making fun of the mom, I still kind of feel like it's like you're, you're not excusing Like you're still riding. I, I get a feeling you're still going to be, it's going to be one of those like, oh, well, because she's a closed minded person, that's where the joke's at. it's mm-hmm. not going to be there. And I think a lot of people might, some people might be pissed at that, especially soccer moms. <laughs> you know, and you don't want a bunch of soccer moms pissed at you because they're the ones who are usually usually in the charge of anything that's protesting, you know, no, especially yeah. when it comes to television. Yes. You know, <laughs> I am not accurately depicted on television. We don't feel like this. We're going to write our senators. You know? Yeah.
2: <laughs> they're full of shit. you I, I, look. Listen, it might be a stereotype. I'm from the South. I spent 25 years in the South, okay? I know these people. I was raised with these people. <laughs> if I think it's going to be what... What it kind of sort of sounds like it's going to be, then it's it's really more about the people that are going to be mad are going to be mad because they don't want to admit that they're like that. I right, you know mean, right. like you'd be mad all day long that it's a stereotype. But if it's true, whether you want to admit it or not, go fuck yourself. Right. Because this is how these people really live. I know. Right. I'm from there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we're I guess we'll have to have a review when it when it starts out. Yes.
1: What,
2: what's what's the show called? We can do better. We I can, remember. can do
0: better, right? <laughs> okay, we can do better. Yes. So you got this job. It's so called We Could Be Bet You Could Do Better. I believe in you. So you two sit down, take of a good show. I already got the title for you. We can do better. You can do better. Or else someone's got a baseball bat with your name on it. That's all I'm saying. If you wanna make amends for the Han Solo movie? You gotta do right by the show. We need a hit. Or else you get hit. Capisce? Now I gotta be at the Magic Kingdom in half hour. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what else you got dirty the news, Ed? <laughs> what?
1: Oh boy. All right. Um were you a fan of Futurama? Um
0: not when it was funny and not when it was on TV, but I watched the entire <laughs> series when I was on Netflix. I was bored, had nothing to watch, binged watched the entire run. Okay. So I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say I'm a fan, but I enjoyed the show. All right. Have you ever seen the show?
2: I have seen little bits and pieces of Futurama. It, it, this is going to get me in a lot of trouble. It really kind of reminds me of Family Guy, and I'm not a Family Guy fan either. Ooh. I know. I know. I know it stings a whole lot of people. I'm sorry. I, I'm
0: surprised you didn't say it, sounded, it felt more like The Simpsons because it's created by the same guy.
2: The only reason why... I have like a special place in my heart with, for the Simpsons is because as a little kid, I watched it with my dad. Mm-hmm. Right. But I wouldn't even say that. Like I'm a Simpsons fan either. You know, like it's just not, uh, it's okay, not no. a thing. I Anyways, I different. do know what Futurama is. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, it <laughs> was, was going to be tougher than I thought it would be anyway. No, I didn't think anybody was really going to be a fan. I'm a fan of the show. I have pretty much watched, watched every comedy central still airs them and I still watch them. I still laugh at them. But the reason why is is that they're coming back in a way. So they're going to do one episode, but it's not going to be on television. It's going to be on in the internet. You're right. It is going to be on the internet. <laughs>
0: that is correct, yes. But it's going to be a
1: podcast.
0: Okay, so Okay, so it's going to be a table read of a show. Exactly. That, that they're basically, hey, we wrote an episode, but we can't afford to film it. So we're going to get everybody in a room, and we're going to... It's it's kind of a podcast all,
1: play. Right, exactly. And all, all the voice cast actors are gonna the main ones are gonna be there and uh the writers and stuff, and they're going to do the show that's going to be like an episode they're they're gonna do. Uh the creator of the show, which was uh Matt Growing? Not Matt Growing, it's um I think I'll find it here eventually here. Uh, <laughs> David X. Cohen is actually okay one of the main creators, I think, I think Matt Groen did help out, but uh, uh, David X. Cohen, who was, the, was one of the main creators, he wanted to do kind of like an old-time radio style for okay. this. If that's right, Since right. there's a lot of voice actors, they figured you, know, you, you kind of already seen them enough that you would know their faces so they put the, like, kinda, use your imagination in a way. Yeah, if old...
0: if, if Zoiberg started talking, you already know what he looks like, so you can just kind of lay in bed and go, close your eyes and go, oh, I see them. Yes. Like oh, look there's Bender. I know what he looks like. You know.
1: Yeah, so the, the this episode is already out on, uh streaming on uh uh The Nerdist. Uh, of course it is. <laughs> uh there's a bunch of other ones. Is it
0: is it uh, free?
1: Yeah, it's free to download and to, to listen to so it doesn't cost anything. So you do definitely ca- catch it. But it came out the 14th of September and uh, so if you have a chance to, since you're listening to our podcast, you know, and
0: you're like podcasts. I'm, I might download it. I am okay. The Nerdist has got their their video channel. Mm. I'm I'm half tempted to give it a shot, only because Rob Holson, the guy who does the voice for yeah uh, for Yakko and for Michelangelo and, and and the guy Pinky Pinky yeah, he has this show called Talking Tunes, and uh. every once in a while, he'll, like when you have people come on and they'll do like, hey, what if Bart Simpson was Harry Potter and they had Nancy Cartwright and he would do a voice and she would do Bart doing the lines that were in the Harry Potter movie. Mm -hmm. Or like they had um, Kevin Kevin Conroy do the speech that Batman gave at the end of The Dark Knight. You know, and it's like, I kind of want to see that, like like, two people talking about voiceover work because I used to listen to his podcast and it was entertaining and fun. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of like, I know it's not a free show, mm-hmm. so I'm like, I don't know if I have the um, the, the, the desire to pay for <laughs>
1: the stomach. Is yeah. what, the <laughs> word you're looking for is the stomach to pay for something like that.
0: Uh, all right. Well, I mean, I'll, if it's free, I'll download it. Give it a shot because, I, I, you know, if it's funny, uh, I'll be like, yeah, all right, at least it's funny. Yes. All right. What else you got there in the news, Ed? Let's talk about Batman, the animated series. Let's talk about Batman,
1: the animated series. What? All right? What? You don't even I, know what it is yet. I know,
2: but I can already feel that I'm going to be real opinionated.
1: <laughs> I think it's a good article. I, 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 don't, so. think gonna, I, don't, I don't think you're going to... I don't want to
2: have to be opinionated about I, this.
1: I think this. I think you'll appreciate this article. I
2: really hope so. Just, you
1: know, when we were talking last week about her, how many episodes, you know, the titles <laughs> to, and who was in what, because we saw Batman and Harley Quinn, somebody asked Kevin Conroy... Mm-hmm voice of Batman. What his favorite episode was? Ooh,
2: that's very exciting. What is it? See,
1: you know, yeah, you didn't even know. Oh,
2: wait, 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 wait!
0: wait, Before you give it, let's let's go around the room. All right. I think it's going to be Heart of Ice. Oh.
2: I don't think that's going to be his favorite. Okay. Um, I think that that's a lot of people's favorites and it's a genius fucking episode, and it was so good that it's the only episode that got its own commentary episode because it was that good. But I don't think that that's going to be his favorite. I need to really think about this. Okay. Because part Ed. of me wants to say, like, On Leather Wings, which is the first one. Right. Because it's, like, what started it all. You know uh-huh. what I mean? But then I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I think I'm jumping too fast on that one.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right, Ed, uh, do you have a guess, or do you already know? Uh, so- see, I
1: already know what it is, so I can't really guess. Because oh. it's okay. like, you know, I, I already know the title. I, I can um, tell you the title right now because I have it. It'll look.
2: Okay, can you tell me if it's a two-parter?
1: No, it's not. Okay, it's
2: not two parter. <laughs> there's a lot of two parters, so that does a lot for me to know that it's not. If um, I give
1: you the villain, would that help you?
2: Ooh, maybe. Who is it?
1: The Mad Hatter. Oh.
2: Okay, um, there's a couple Mad Hatter episodes. One has the name Dream in it.
0: Is that? I'm gonna say I think it's the one where he was on the clock tower.
2: Well, there's a couple Mad Hatter episodes. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> just sit on that article real quick, Ed, because I'm. A, Lay some knowledge down on some folks. So there's like the, by folks she means me. There's like the <laughs> Mad Hatter episode where it like talks about the how Mad Hatter became Mad Hatter and the girl Alice that worked in his office and how ha- uh, D- Jarvis, 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 what's. Tra- Threats Tre- or Tre- 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 some shit like that. Yeah, okay. mm. Um, there's that one where it kind of talks about like him having the book and he loved it so much. And the girl worked in the office and she had a boyfriend. And then the boyfriend broke up with her and it made him be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe he broke your heart." Let me show you out like on a good time, right? There's that Mad Hatter episode. It's like mm. the, like with the story of that Mad Hatter episode. And then there's another one where Mad Hatter kind of like get- gets into Batman's head a little bit. And makes him live in, like, an alternate reality. Okay, uh, that's what I'm talking about. That's the one I think the name Dream is in the title of it. And I feel like a horrible person because I'm so good at knowing these. And now you all put me on the spot. And I don't think that I can... I, I really think the name Dream is in the title. But basically what happens is he gets into Batman's head a little bit. And makes Batman believe that his parents are still alive. And that he never became Batman. And he's, like, marrying Selina Kyle. And spoiler alert...
0: The name entitled title are Perchance to Dream. I'm
2: <laughs> so good at this. Dream, <laughs> dream, whatever. Um, that one is, and at the end of it, Batman ends up realizing that he's in a dream state because he can't read anything. Right, right. And that's where you figure out. That is a good episode. Out, Fuck, that it's is a really, really good episode. It's a really good episode. Is that what it is? To- no. Okay, <laughs> no, it is. It is. It's, no. The, no. That's, it's the dream.
3: <laughs> that's the. That's <laughs> yeah. the
1: episode. Uh, the reason why is because he got to play, like, not only play, playing Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne and Batman, but he got to, got to play the voice of Thomas Wayne, too, uh-huh. through the series. So he really thought it was a good stretch for him to do, like, two different characters based on the same family, but, like, it was just to still to have Thomas Wayne in the episode okay. really was a, a nice, nice uh, attitude, especially the way the, the story was written out, the way you explained it. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to go into detail on that Later. one. <laughs> Nerd.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That, yeah. is a, that is another really good it's episode. Really fun like good episode. Heart of Ice, I think universally everyone loves that one. I think it won't even want an Emmy. Um, the
2: reason why everyone loves Heart of Ice so much is not only because of, like, the story that it tells for Mr. Freeze. It definitely humanizes Mr. Freeze, like, right. a lot. But the art in Heart of Ice, because I've watched the commentary for this one a lot of times, too. The art in Heart of Ice was so good because it was all black. But right. like they drew it on black paper Right, and put instead of drawing on white paper and having all these colors, it was drawn on black paper. And the only thing that they brought into it was highlights. Mm-hmm. So, like, artistically, it was both a really good episode and the fact that you got to see, like, a whole nother side of Mr. Freeze and the whole deal with Nora and the Nora. Boyle's company. <laughs> it, I mean, Heart of Ice is a phenomenal episode, but Progences Dream is pretty good, too. That is good. Because you get to see a different side of Bruce <sighs> Wayne. Happy Not Bruce a, Wayne. Right, not of Batman, but of Bruce Wayne.
1: I've never really seen a happy Bruce Wayne in that for a chance to do because I actually remember that episode like finally because it was like it was a really good episode. It was one of those ones that really stand yeah. out, right? And you go, I-, I don't really remember trying. Like he was like slightly happy because he like everything was kind of working out, but then he, of course, you, the whole time he's agonizing the fact that he knows he's it's Batman, not real. right? Yeah. And so it's he- like a
2: false happiness, right? And if it's a false happiness, is it really even happiness?
1: Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Next that was
2: week a really on good Deep article. Thoughts. <laughs> I like that one a lot. All right,
1: so uh let's continue on with Batman, shall yes. we? Okay. We're going to we're going to answer the question of why Michael Keaton didn't make Batman 3. Bat nipples. Well, it could be that way, but it doesn't say <laughs> that in the article. I'm, so uh... I'm going
0: to say he probably didn't like the artistic the way the the film was going. Hearing so differently in tonal, in tone, I'm going to say that it went from a gritty character to more of a light-hearted character.
1: Well, in a way, that's that's sort somewhat correct type oh. of thing. The fact that Tim Burton has left, you know, he moved on to do other projects, so he right. wasn't doing another Batman movie. He did the two, and he was you happy. With, I'm out. I'm done.
0: Apparently, I can't sell toys with Batman Two, so I'm out. So.
1: He kind of, you know, he uh, Michael Keaton was waiting around to see what was going to happen in the next iteration, and he got the script and he thought it was horrible. He just, right. he just couldn't do it, so he just, you know, respectively bowed out because he just didn't want to um, just just didn't want to be a part of it because it was just too campy. Like huh? you know, Schumacher made, made it too campy, and of course, with the, the next two iterations, we all know what happened to that. So I don't have to get into that history. <laughs> and if, if anybody doesn't know, watch those two movies and you'll understand. Um, but... I used to see you.
0: <laughs> oh, my name is Mr. Freeze. Remember it well because it's the chilling side of your doom. I... I used to see you. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> I... The Batman. <laughs> Yeah, sorry.
1: <laughs> Michael Keaton did go on because he was. This is during the interview, of course, of the new movie that he's in, The Assassins, whatever. Hey, you Assassin. mean the Batman, not Batman <laughs> yeah, right. The American Assassin. Assassin right. <laughs> uh, he did say that he thought this would be a long running job for him. He thought he would be Batman for a long time. Like he was up to doing he, he was in. more and more movies with, with Batman. But when he like said, like when he saw the
0: script, he goes, he just couldn't do it. Just, See, now I'm going to say, by that statement alone, he should be Old Man Wayne for the Batman Beyond movie. Okay. If he really still loves that character and still really wants to be a part of it, it'd be a perfect way to bring him back into the series by starting the Batman Beyond movie. Make him Old Man Wayne, and you're off and running. All right. All I right. still think he could do a good job. He still looks in shape. Looks like he was kicking ass and taking names as the vulture. Yeah he, no, he uh, could still do it. He could pull it off. I think he could pull it. He still has that kind of, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts kind of thing, and, <laughs> and I think it'll work as, as an old man. Yeah, he'd Give him a cane, give him a great day, and he'll be fine. Okay. You know, I think so. I don't think it'll work. What do you think, Sir Scare? Yeah, I mean, I'm
2: in.
0: Okay. All right, what else you got there in the
1: news then? I got another Batman story. Okay.
2: Yes, Ed, it's like you just, you just wanted Did to. Did you ever
1: hear of a name, Darren Arostrovsky?
0: Isn't he a a director? Yes, he is. Um, Very good. You get a cookie. (laughs) um, Oh, shit. I know I've seen at least one of his movies.
1: Okay. Well, it's not really relevant too much.
0: (laughs) I'm just bringing it up.
1: I'm just bringing that name up. Now, uh, the reason why is because before the Christopher Nolan series, Uh that he was attached to doing a Batman project. Like, he was...
0: Uh, Okay. Darren (laughs) Ostrowski is the guy who just directed Mother, Requiem for a Dream, and... Uh, black swan. Yes. Okay. All right.
1: Apparently he was going to go for an R rating for Batman. Okay. He wanted a more grittier, darker Batman than what we've been getting with of course with Batman and Robin and Batman forever. Okay. So they they he, he that was his idea. Like he wanted to bring the more gritty realism to Batman. They wanted to shoot like in East New York and East Detroit, and given that kind of hard edge where he wasn't having a, a Batmobile. It would have been a Lincoln Continental with two uh, bus engines as the, uh, as the, the motor. It was, it was a uh, premise of Batman Year One was basically okay. what it was. It's kind of like an orange story in a way, right. but like it, you know, a, a, a gritty way of telling who Batman was. And they were okay. going to go for less money for, for the, you know because obviously at the time the studios were going to give less money for R rated sure. movies like this because they don't think it was going to do well. Right. So they as to say this is before before those movies right. ever came. So they were 15 years ahead of their. They, well, he thought he was 15 years ahead of their. T- it's time before these rated R movies right. started coming out for superhero movies and people loving it because of all the gory details. Um. So it's what have what have could have been
0: basically what it was. I don't know. We'll see, I. I, I do have a, like a little bit of an issue having seen Black Swan. Mm-hmm. Um, having known, we now know about the abysmal failure that Mother is. Mm-hmm. Requiem for a Dream was a really weird movie too. I don't. I never saw it, but a lot of people that do know did see it. Was like it's kind of a fucked up movie. I don't know, like it, how he he has got like he has a vision. Yes. I don't know if that vision fits well in a Batman movie. I don't know. Like See, that's the thing, like you're you're thinking of the movies he's done. Right. With
1: the subject matter he was given. I think he would have done a phenomenal job of a gritty Batman. Like we would would have gotten like a punisher, almost a punisher-esque Batman in a way. All right, all right. I, I think. I just I just feel that it would have been a more realistic version of seeing who Batman was, beating up criminals and, you know, not taking names and not really killing anybody, but like just giving that kind of almost violent, you know, epic, you know, fight scenes. It wouldn't have been like a punch and the guy's knocked down. You know, go, right. you know, and then he moves on to the next person. Like you would have seen okay. some, you know, bat- Batarang getting thrown and going through a shoulder and blood splurting everywhere, <laughs> you know? And then right. you like, the stuff, you'd be like, whoa, but you'd be like, that's awesome. You know, okay. to me, in my mind, anyway, that's how I kind of, when I was reading this article thinking, yeah, this could have been... I mean, a-
0: look, if someone said, hey, we're doing an R-rated Batman, I mean, either way, because I do kind of feel like Batman can... Batman probably is one of the only. Few DC characters, I think, that can dip his toe into the well of R-rated movies and still work mm-hmm. because of the the subject matter that he comes from. Yes, um, with you know, you get a, you can get an R-rated Joker, an R-rated Riddler, an R-rated uh, Penguin. You can actually do something like the Mad Hatter, where it's like really fucking with his head. Mm-hmm. That might not work well on a PG thirteen level. Yeah, so I mean,
2: all right, I mean, I,
0: I would be in for an R-rated Batman yeah you? Yeah.
2: I'm like chomping at the bit for a fucking R-rated Batman <clears throat> I need that in my life because I agree with Sean I think that Batman can be super fucking brutal mm-hmm. um, on like a lot of different levels whether it's like the violence or like um, the headspace that he's in sometimes mm-hmm. um, his coldness of how he like refuses to connect to like his bat family but they're still like his bat family right. you know what I mean like he's, he's there's like a, a, a darkness and a coldness about Batman already. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I, I think that that would be perfect for our Reddit. I mean, let a couple F-bombs come out of Bruce's mouth. I have no problem with that. Okay. <laughs> like none. Um, I think that there's multiple villains in the Batman universe that could go fit into it. Not just Joker. You know what I mean? Like, yes, r R-rated Joker would be great. We can't take away from that. But I think that an R-rated Scarecrow, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, yes. An
0: R-rated Scarecrow would really be good.
2: Yeah, it would. Um, an R-rated Penguin. An R-rated Two-Face. Because to, in the animated series, there's, in Two-Faces, two episodes. Because he has two episodes. His is a two-parter. Mm-hmm. In his episodes, you kind of get to see how he his mental capacity for having like the split personalities.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And his... His bad side is brutal as shit. Like, is really, really mean to Harvey Dent. So, like, if you could, like, R-rated that, oh, it would be so good. Oh, it would be so good. Oh, my God, I need that. I need that in my life. I just don't want Warner Brothers to do it. (laughs) Well, you know, that's the thing. Like, I
1: I think that the problem Warner Brothers has is the fact is that – they wanted to make it a PG-13 movie. That's, that's the big problem that Warner Brothers has. If they made more R-rated movies of the superhero movies, I mean, granted, like Superman, yeah, you know what? You're not going to really get a good R-rated Superman movie right. because it's so, like, the, the – I don't want to say the Captain Save I really don't. <laughs> but the, the but bright, is. shiny – no, it doesn't. The bright, shiny, happy people <laughs> is not R-rated. You can't have that kind of, like, Superman commitment in an R-rated right. movie. It just doesn't work. Uh, you know, Wonder Woman. You know, it's iffy. That that one really could be iffy. You could almost pull off an R-rated Wonder yeah, you Woman. Yeah, darken and, her up a little d- bit. Darken up a little bit, especially the way the character is to mm-hmm. sometimes to humanity. And it the even way feels it feels like
2: a soft R. You know, it could have been. Yeah, could yeah. still you know could be work.
1: You know, I mean, like Green Lantern, obviously not. Like a lot of their characters, you know, like you 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 kind of go no. But Batman's definitely an R-rated kind of yeah. gritty. You yeah. know, you could really give a a. a dirtier version of, of, of Batman, and I think people would just flip for it, just yeah. like, oh, my God, you know, it's, like, the greatest movie ever.
0: Especially when, it, I mean, okay, Deadpool works as an R-rated movie for a certain reason, but I think Logan is a good um, representation of what you can do with a superhero genre and R-rated. Mm-hmm. I think that you don't have to, I mean, Deadpool is, is I think, like, a, a special situation. Um, I think Logan, if you, you could put a Batman in, like, a Logan-type situation like he's in, um, and I think I think it would work really well, mm-hmm. like Batman protecting a child, you know, of some way, shape, or form, in and, and that kind of way. Where
2: he's so great at doing that.
0: No, but I mean, but like, kind of, you can kind of feel like for him in a way. You got to try to find a way to make Batman also human.
2: No, I I completely understand. You know, you know like didn't... you're trying to tell
0: me, okay, like uh, when he fought the um, Ace of. Uh, the the what's the the, the Royal Flush Gang? The Royal Flush Gang, where he's sitting on the swings mm-hmm. with um, the girl, the little girl.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: At that moment, I could really translate well in a live-action film.
2: No, I agree with you. I just don't want that to be what they where they go with it. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I don't want it to be because he's protecting a child or like some cliche ass thing like that. You okay. Know, like. I, I, but I
1: just say, you no, know, I think Warner Brothers, if they took the gloves off, like they just go, you know, let's go R, let's right. let's do this gritty kind of thing. I think it would be done really well. I think Warner Brothers could pull that off. But because I think they just go, I want we want the most bang for a buck. Let's make this PG-13 and right. get the, most, you know, the biggest audience we can in the theater so that they'll see this movie. Right. And the kids' mothers won't be upset or parents won't be upset that their kids are seeing an R-rated movie of Batman. But, I mean, like I said – Fox uh, if, uh, twice has, has shown that they can do it. You know, it's like, hey, we have two R-rated movies that parents don't care because they're, they're still letting see C- yeah. little Johnny go see this movie, you know, for the violence and the, you know, sexuality or the nudity or whatever. And it doesn't really affect them as well. All. There, yeah, but there wasn't any,
0: any of their superhero movies in Deadpool or even in uh, Logan. There's not a single... Well, not not in... Violence-wise... Violence, Deadpool yeah. But languages. I think there's...
1: Well, there's some, some sexuality in Deadpool.
0: Well, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. All right. Yeah. I, I remember was... the, the National Women's Day. Yeah, yes. Okay, all right. The pegging scene. Okay, yes, yes. gotcha. All right. Yeah. You could have snipped that one out, though. <laughs>
2: Do you think that it possibly is because, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Batman fan. I'm saying this because I feel like it's a fact, that Batman is a more well-known superhero than Deadpool and Wolverine. Definitely more well known than, than Deadpool. Like you, he can't. You can't deny that. Wolverine. I don't know a whole lot of kids that are like, Mom, look at that cool Wolverine backpack.
0: Uh, you,
2: you know, know what you're I mean? right. You're like, right. Like, that's
0: because I think because Wolverine a doesn't
2: staple for little
0: kids. right. But that's because I don't think Wolverine has a logo. Like I don't like when you see the bat symbol that's on, planted on Batman's chest. You know that that's Batman. I think right. that that Logan Wolverine doesn't have that. So oh. I think that you found a way to, like,
1: hey, See, it's, it's really tough to say because you've got, you've got a character that was developed in the nineties and the, the character that was developed in the early eighties to a character that's been 70 or oh, 75 years old, yeah. right. you know, kind of thing. Right. So Batman has been in the lexicon <laughs> since, you know, right. for, for many years. So he, there's, and there's multiple iterations of him of who Batman is. So that's the thing you, you kind of go, well, in one way, somebody can reminisce about Batman in a good, in a good sense, yes. Wolverine and, Deadpool haven't gotten to that point yet because they're not that as old as I, Batman right. is.
0: Well, I also think, too, is that, and this is, I might be completely off-base, merchandising. Warner Brother relies heavily on their toy line. So, like, if you have an R-rated Batman, it's going to be tough to sell toys to kids. You know? Yeah, it is. Like, I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons why Tim Burton's Batman Returns, th- the Studio didn't like, was because you couldn't sell that toy of Penguin.
2: You can't. You're right. You no, know, so
0: I think that if you do a hard R or an R rated Batman, it Warner Brothers is going to have a problem with it. They go, how can we market it? Because it's going to be geared for adults. We know kids are going to go for it. So how can we merchandise this thing?
2: You're right. You can't sell toys for an R rated. I just need you to like think for a second of how much Deadpool shit you've seen walking around on adults before Deadpool.
0: That I completely agree,
2: but that shits fucking everywhere. I
0: understand that, but you were looking at the Warner Brothers merchandising scene versus the Marvel slash Disney merchandising scene. Two different; they're owned by two different people. I understand. So I think that yeah, Deadpool is popular because of what he stands, and that's why you do see a lot of that stuff. I would say that you probably have just as much merchandising for Deadpool as you do for Batman. Yeah. Well, uh, I just want to say
1: something here about the whole bat. There's been a lot of Deadpool T shirts. It's a small base. It was a small base of people. Every once in a while they go to a restaurant and you'd see the the Deadpool symbol, which is that red circle with the line of two eyes. And you would always see somebody wearing that shirt. So there was there was a dedicated fan base. So when this R movie came back, I was not surprised at how much money it made. Like like this right. was this to right. me was going to be the thing. And of course, when it became popular, they started merchandising the crap out of it. They go, well, hell, we just made a you know a ton of money off this. Let's 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 extend this to the toy lines and let's do this with that way. Well, the thing is, is that you mean you see the Batman symbol everywhere because right. parents have no problems putting a, a bat on a kid's. Yeah. shirt and right. walking around type of thing it's more of like the teen to adult thing was wearing the deadpool kind of shirt because that was what it was geared towards and that's the to me the biggest fan base of all like kids going to see deadpool really was insignificant in seeing that movie right. it was that there was a huge deadpool scene out there and just this is not like as exuberant as batman is because not a lot. Of, there's not a lot of people going. I'm going to make a Deadpool group on Facebook, or I'm going to do this for Deadpool, right. like kind of thing. Where Batman, people will do that. Like they'll have these groups, they'll do uh, blogs and stuff like that because they're, that's their favorite character. So in that sense, it's like I. Th- it's a smaller group than Batman, but there's a group out there.
3: Absolutely. So
1: it's 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 one of those type of things where, you know, it's like now that this movie came out, now. Deadpool's now in the front forefront almost as as much as Batman. Not as much because Batman has a huge history right. and a huge right. backlog of comic books, movies, television, yeah. whatever, where Deadpool's just got this one movie. Now you go, all right, well you and the comic books. But you go, you know, th- this group can really grow into a huge number now, into almost like this, this fandom as, as Batman. If they keep this up, if they make the next movie and it's another huge success, right. they work on putting him in a, in a like a, a TV series somewhere, right. or like you know, like a, a, X Men TV series that they're, they're they have two of them now coming out this this fall. So you know, if you see a Deadpool there, I mean, that's going to probably shoot the ratings for those things. Right. But one of the right. Fox,
0: it probably won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's get there in the news uh,
1: right let's talk about kevin smith okay kevin smith is uh the, you know he's he's gonna direct again
0: he's gonna do another movie yeah i know it's a jane silent bob re- uh, reboot yes yes <laughs> it's basically he's rebooting jane silent bob in the age of reboots yes it's a satire on the movie industry as it is today by basically Jay and Silent Bob find out that they're rebooting the Blunt Man and Chronic movie and that they are out once again to try to stop that reboot from happening. Yes. And then there's a a, a, a funny bit that kind of makes fun of the Martha scene in, in Batman v Superman. Yeah. Apparently. So is that is that the story? That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> much it, yeah. Sorry, when you listen to Kevin Smith's podcast every day of the week, you know, you kind of hear those things. Um. <laughs> I, I think it'll work. I mean, especially it's it's you know, him going back to two beloved characters. Everyone I think loves Jane Tom and Bob.
1: Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you, I'm really not. Uh, it's just it's just to me it's just like you go you go, what happened to Moose Charles? Like you, you, you are still doing that too? You're still doing that? Okay. Yeah. I mean it's just like you go, uh, all right. I I appreciate you doing because all the superhero movie because they not even mentioned that. Of course, he just, you know the Flash and did, uh, you know, right. did you know you know Supergirl or whatever. So he's like he's kind of like bringing back something, and I'm like, do you really need to do Jane and Silent Bob? Sure, again? why not? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, I'm like kind of in and out of. This. You
0: weren't really a Jane and Silent Bob fan in the first place. Like, do you like Dogma? Do you? Oh, yeah. like, uh, oh, yeah. like Jane and Silent, Silent Bob, Bob Strike, Strike back. back. Yeah. So you don't see the humor possibilities of of basically rebooting his own movie by making fun of reboots. Like, do you not see the meta part of that? Yeah. I mean, he's still doing moose draws, but sometimes you got to understand I'm going to defend him in this way. Like sometimes you need to make the big budget movie to help pay for the smaller budget movies. Exactly. Because he's not getting like, no one's going to be like, Hey, what's moose draws about? It's about jaws, except with a moose. <laughs> and that that's kind of the premise. Now, would you go, Oh, here's here. Take my money. Like, you gotta find a way to finance those, those those films, and you do that by, you know, doing a, more of a high high end. You know, especially like look in the podcast they talked about it. <coughs> he tried to do Clark's three, mm-hmm. but um, Rand, the guy who plays Randall, didn't want to do it. He's mm-hmm. like, I think everything was said after the second one. Yes, he wanted to reboot. Um, he wanted to do sequelize Mallrats, and it was supposed to be a series. But then he found out that Universal, since they own it. They don't sequelize a lot of their catalog products. He doesn't really own Mollrats. He doesn't own Clerks. He, mm-hmm. The only thing that he owns is Jay and Silent Bob. When he he says that when he first got into the business, he had lawyers to go to, you know, when he was working for Miramax, to get basically the rights to own Jay and Silent Bob. Right. And that way, and Harvey at the time was like, sure, no one cares about those two characters. You're not making money. it's it's about Randall and Dante, mm-hmm. so sure, go ahead, you can keep those, whatever. So Kevin was able to kind of make um, money off of those two characters, right? You know, Jane and Silent Bob Secret Stash, Jane and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Their cameo in Scream Five, I think it is, or Scream Four. You know, so I think that in 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 everyone loves those characters and waiting for another another version or another you know like another film with the two of them. Mm-hmm. I think that. Jane Silent Bob reboot works, especially when you're looking at the movie industry today and making fun of it. I think. Oh, yeah.
1: You know, I just, when I was reading it, it didn't really give it, <coughs> give that kind of like ideal to it.
0: Like, you know. Oh, okay. So that's It, sounds- it was just basically like, yeah, he's, he's bringing back Jane Silent Bob. And yeah, like, yeah. well, what's the point? Right. When you know the plot of the movie, it kind of goes, oh, you know what? That might actually kind of work. Right. Like, there there is humor there, especially if you have, you know, the people that he's worked with in the past and more, you know, now that superhero movies are are way bigger than they were in Mallrats, Mm -hmm. he can actually kind of go back and use those superhero movies that we've seen and try to make fun of it. Like, the Marvel Universe didn't exist. The DC movies didn't really exist. So now you have how many times have they tried reboot and how many times have they done a Transformer movie? You know, (laughs) like, it's like, okay, well, you're re... And it seems to be like right after Superman... Amazing Spider-Man 2 was done, they're like, okay, we're rebooting it. Like, there's kind of like these. Oh, well, thank these...
1: God! I mean, there, there's, <laughs> certain, yeah, yeah. there's certain reboots you go. Thank God they are not many. It's a small list. Right. But I think it's just a list of one. It's a Spider-Man. But you know, it's like you go. We have to solve Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> two, right. you go what the fuck. You know, <laughs> fuck you, Sony. You know, and then you go oh, we're rebooting it. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I- I- I'll I'll wait it out. I'll so allow you know, it.
0: Yeah, you know, they kind of rebooted *Screaming* to a television show. You know, they rebooted um, like. Uh, what was it? Uh, well, look at, look at Lethal Weapon. Look at Rush Hour. They two television shows. You see movies, they basically reboot. They're bringing back SWAT. They're bringing back Starsky and Hutch to television. So it's like everything, see, that's old is being remade into something new. It's only because it has a name attached with it. Like, you can have a buddy cop show. Just You don't have to name it Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, you can have an action pack pass, pass, cop show. You don't yeah, no, here's stop.
1: the thing, and that, that's that's a, that's a good point because uh, you know you go, we're gonna bring <clears> back <throat> Star Trek, you know, we're gonna reboot it, we're gonna we're gonna have a new show. It's gonna you know it's gonna be different different people, but the same same premise. Right? And you go, wait a minute, this was a '70s show, and you go, well, maybe people that watched the show and enjoyed it will watch this one because you know they. But I'm like, it was me in the '70s. Most people are like gone, like or don't care. Yeah, well, like, I remember
0: seeing it on like that, and I think Emergency, uh, Emergency One. Yes. Uh, you know, the emergency, those were two back-to-back shows, or Chips. They just rebooted Chips into a comedy movie. Yeah. Nine, uh, Beverly Hills 90210 got rebooted. 21 Jump Street. So, yeah, so but, you're yeah. like, well, can't these guys come up with an original idea anymore? Like, even... It's a safer bet, though. That's the thing. Like... Oh, it is. It's, it's, it's name brand.
1: It's name brand. So they go, but I'm like, I'm like, can you have a Huggy Bear in... Uh, in-, in today's age? It's- Hell no. You
0: can't have a pimp in Starsky and Hutch. You just can't. Not today. Not not set in the you know Because I mean, Starcy
1: and Hutch were kind of like the rough detectives in a way. Like they, yeah. like you would like, they would be the two cops you would see in Detroit trying to bring down the bad guys. And it's just like a like a, a, a it almost felt like after week after week, it's like what's the point? Like I even heard got...
0: the, I even heard they're rebooting Miami Vice. You're fucking kidding me. <laughs> and to guy, Ed. They're rebooting Miami Vice. <laughs> Jesus. Miami Vice worked in the eighties. I don't think it could work today.
1: 'Cause half of it was just fashion. It wasn't even and it's all it was, fashion, it wasn't music. fashion music and boats and, and the hot cars. That was it. Like you I mean like you could have just have a show, like like just traveling the, the country,
0: you know, of the eighties fashion, you know, whatever, and these hot cars and these I, Exactly. That show was a, a pop culture icon of the eighties. if you wanna know what the 80s look like, watch Mammy Vice. It was visual, it was music, it was plot was minimum. I but it set styles like you couldn't go anywhere out someone wearing a miami vice something yeah. yeah it was it was everywhere i don't like you really want to reboot that hawaii 5 that's just got you know like it's, yeah, it's been rebooted now for a few, few for years like six seven years now yeah it's like come on like uh, like i don't a huggy bear wouldn't work today <laughs> Mash the reboot I, <laughs> <laughs> why <clears throat>
1: you know, you know, I, I was watching a YouTube video, especially thinking of Mash, that they, 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 they apparently the show ran longer than the actual war did. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was interesting.
0: It was probably the ending was probably watch more. And more people.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, 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 just don't get it. I mean, it's. I was running out of ideas. So why not capitalize on that by making a, a movie that what, capitalizes on it? You know, that?
1: like like one of my one of my things is if I ever hit the lottery, the first thing I'm gonna do, like like uh, this is things like this is my thing, is to make more money. Like how do you make more money? I was gonna like find a comic book that nobody really has, has, has done yet, bring it to Hollywood, take my money and go, you know, <laughs> and make this movie, you know, kind of thing. And then I'm like, I'm sure I could probably double my, you know, double my investment, in this kind of thing. And you go, there you go, you know. And it's just like, and oh, you want a sequel? Sure, let's do, you know, like keep this, keep <laughs> this going, you know. And, and that's the thing, like, like I think it would be a lot easier to do that than going, oh, I have this original idea for this, you know, series yeah. or whatever. And that's the thing, like, you could come up with the original series, but somebody would go, that sounds like Stark, Starsky and Hutch, or that sounds like this,
0: or that sounds. So like why that. not we just change these two people to be Starsky and Hutch rather than Smith and Wesson? <laughs> Smith and Wesson, two gritty cops from Detroit, busting crime and taking names. Well, that sounds a lot like Starsky and Hutch. So why don't we just with the Starsky and Hutch, but they're Smith and Wesson? It's a get it, Smith and Wesson kind of gun. It's action. Yeah, Starsky and Hutch works fine. Yeah. Like, no, you're missing. The, uh, remember Ten Speed and a uh, uh, brown brown shoe? Remember that show? Yes. <laughs> it, was a, it was a show in, the, I think, the 80s, I think. It had uh, um, Jeff Goldblum and I, and Lou Rawls, and they were cops or detectives. And one was 10-speed, and the other one was brown shoe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.
2: <laughs> I got a question. Real yes? Thing. And I really hope someone listening is thinking of this same thing. And maybe they're young like me, right? What's the obsession with, like, cop shows in the 80s? Because... Um, um, like literally almost every single show that you have talked about. In the or cop season, We're cop shows. Yeah. It's yeah. like a cop show or a detective show or some sort of law enforcement enforcement. investigation. was. It was either
1: because here, here's, here, here's the thing. Okay. okay. All right.
2: I'm going to tell you.
1: See, in the 60s and 70s, well, the 70s mainly is the fact is that they had wholesome shows. Right. They had, uh, uh, shows like, um, the Waltons. Okay. Um, uh, shows similar varied to some of that. Family was another one. These were shows that were dramas that were just typical, like, lighthearted shows. Right. No, it's like of, the
2: type of show that, like, you and your husband and your two kids can sit down and watch at TV at the end of the night and right. kind of, like, laugh, hee hee hee, but your kids aren't going to see nothing too gruesome. I'm following. That's it. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And then they had other shows in the 70s, like the Jeffersons and right. All in the Family and all that kind of stuff. And they were shock value ones. And they were on late at night. They, they were the shows that the kids went to bed and mommy right. daddy got to watch these good comedies. So what ends up happening is, is that they needed something new to do. So in the 80s, late 70s and early 80s, they started to come up with cop shows because gritty cop drama – was always like to show the good guys winning was always the the best way to do for television. Like that was their next wave of doing like positive, like positive reinforcement of the police force right, and the but fire department.
2: That wave stuck around for like a long time.
1: Well, so did so did those all those like crappy dramas that you would right, watch, like right. The Little House on the Prairie and and uh, uh, The Waltons, you'd be like, talk shit about
2: Little House on the Prairie.
1: You like Little House on the Prairie. Yes,
2: that was my grandma's favorite show <laughs> of like, all fucking time, okay? I couldn't Fun fact stand about me, it. I've probably seen every fucking episode because of my grandmother. It's not that I thought that it was good. I hated those two little girls and the stupid little bonnet things. Mm-mm, I can't fuck with it. But for nostalgia reasons, don't talk shit about Little House on the Perry. I'm not saying that.
0: I also <laughs> think too, the reason why cop shows were real big in the 80s is because of you had three types of show. You either had the soap opera, the, mm-hmm. the, the nightly soap opera, you had the wholesome family comedies, mm-hmm. um, and then you had cop shows because everyone likes a good detective. You know, like, they're still right on the backs of like, Starsky and Hutch was in the 70s. Um, Columbo was in the 60s, 70s. Um, Hawaii Five O was in the 70s. Now, in the 80s, they just, I think that... Um, well, they were late 60s, yeah, but yeah. Okay, but I think that a show like Hill Street Blues was in the 80s, yeah. which was a really gritty crime drama. And I think that the guy who created the show, um, Carol, I think his last name was, he created a lot of shows. There was um, like, a, like, Greatest American Hero was his. Um, Remington Steele was like a detective show. There was a lot of shows if you were a detective show, it was always a male, female, will they, won't they kind of like moonlighting. Okay. Where, or you had the, the cop drama. Today, you know, you still kind of have that, Law and Order, NCIS. There's right. always, you know, so I think the cop drama is, is always going to be front there, only because people want to root for the good guy. They want to see justice, and they want to see, I think now the antihero is more of a, of a better push, the, mm-hmm. the guy who takes it to the streets. There was a TV show in the 80s called The Equalizer, where it was an old British guy basically being the Punisher, Without being the Punisher, without the outfit. Right. You know, so I think that there's always, like, back then it was, you couldn't do superhero shows because superheroes were comics, and that was, like, lowbrow, like, right, ignored. So I just think it was just something of the times of, like, it was to get, TV shows really weren't for kids in a way. Right. They were more for, like, the middle-aged adults who kind of went through the 60s and the 70s, you okay. know. I, that's why I think I think now we live in an era of, of reality shows and Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me on those reality shows.
1: I it's, it's it's I'm like I'm like I'm waiting for it to end. I really am. I'm like I'm like everything does come to an end and I know that and I'm like like one day the superhero genre superhero movie genre is gonna end and you're gonna go, Okay, but we live through it, you know, kinda of thing. Right. A lot of the sci-fi stuff now—it's kind of—I think it's been overdone at this point, especially with a lot of Tom Cruise movies. But you—you—you you, you get the point of it. It's just that you—you you just get to a point where you're like, now I'm kind of like, what, what's the next thing? Like, what—what what are we going to see next? Like, what is our next frontier of television and movies that are going to make us go, wow? Like this was—this was worth seeing. Because after a while, you go. Oh wait, chips! They made a they made a movie. It's a comedy, you well, know. Like it's like Baywatch was a comedy, comedy, you know, like right. kind of thing. And that's like I'm thinking Baywatch was too soon. By the way, I, that's <laughs> too soon of a comedy, putting right? <laughs> it out there, uh, type of thing. But you know, like you know, it's just like they 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 everybody is like, well, there's so many shows out there, and it's just like they did so well as a rebooted what? comedy or something out like or halfway decent. They made some money on this, so let's find
0: another show. And, and also too. Network television is known for their great ideas. I mean, how many Law and Orders are out there? There's a lot, right? I mean, five not or just, six, I think. Yeah, like Law there's and Order, Law and Order, SVU, Criminal intent. intent. There was the one that's you know supposed to be overseas, and there was like an LA branch. And then how many CSIs were there at one oh, time? Oh God! You know, like there's so there's like now NCIS has fallen down. That NCIS, NCIS Louisiana, New Orleans, uh, and, and NC- Los Angeles. Angeles. So you got, like, they just kind of rehash. They want to tell because they have a brand name and it works well. Right. So we're just going to retell the same stories, but with different people in different locations. And people will ride that wave just because it has that name attached to it. Right. So I think that, you know, when you say, okay, we're rebooting Starsky and Hutch, it's got name brand. Yeah, no, sure. Granted, after the TV show, they made that movie with uh, Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed. I thought it was But good. it definitely was a very kind of, like, period piece in a way. But if you're gonna modernize Starsky and Hutch, I think it's gonna be kind of tough. Like, where do you, like, like now? All of a sudden, it seems like buddy cop dramas are coming back. Lethal Weapon, um, you know, is is pretty prominently one I can think of off the top of my head. Um, Rush Hour, Rush Hour. Hawaii, I don't think that million, got I think that got canceled. That got canceled. Yeah. But it just seems to be like if they're gonna bring back Miami Vice and Starsky and Hutch, it seems to be like this this circle of of names right and you go and you go was
1: it really good back then like i mean some of them were but like you go oh. can you really redo it now like could you tell those stories today or those type of characters that list of characters like i'm thinking like at this point start skin huts is going to be basically like in name only like that's the Probably. only thing that you're going to see you know you're not, not going to see that that red charger with the with the oh, white I'll line see, you need that. yeah and because the car really made that. That's that's half the after reason why you watch that show. In the seventies
0: and eighties, you judged how good a show was by its car. Yes. Starsky and Hutch, Knight Rider, Dukes of Hazard. Yes. Uh, what do you call it? Even the Fall Guy had that pretty awesome truck. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yes. <laughs> you know, Miami Vice had all those cars. You know, so Damn. it was like, yeah, you know.
1: I don't know. Today,
0: you need that, you need that stripe.
1: I remember early two thousand. there was a show called Stingray. It was about Stingray yes. Corvettes. It yes. was a detective show that he drove a Stingray. That was it. It was a horrible
0: show. Or there was that show called Fast Lane, where, <laughs> <laughs> where it was basically a Miami Vice ripoff, yes. where it had uh, what do you call it? T- Tiffany Ambers Thiessen from Save by the Bell and the guy who plays the, the head vampire in, uh, what do you call it, the Twilight movies, and Bill Bellamy. Yes. They were all cops, and they were, like, they were undercover in like car racing. It was like Miami Vice meets Fast and the Furious, and all it was was about the style of the car. Shitty show. Yeah. no, oh, but it was, it was you know, entertaining at the most. <laughs> Did that even answer your question?
2: Yeah. All right. It was a very, very long answer uh, for my question.
0: All right. Well, on that note, then, well, I guess we'll call it a night. All right. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. You've been listening to Geeksters Live on AquanetRadio.com iTunes Radio, and TuneIn. Just search for Iconet, radios, and apps. Don't forget to go to our Facebook page, Geeksters, and give us a like. Follow us on Twitter at Geeksters. And if you want to catch the podcast version of the show, you can just hit the About section on our Facebook page or go to wordswithgeeks.com. Or you can go to our
1: major two, which is, of course, iTunes and the Google Music Play, and they'll be there as well. So if you want to do that, if you want to contact Sean on anything we've talked about, or want to say Hello or ask him any kind of questions like you just answered now, <laughs> you can contact him at Sean at wordswithgeeks.com. That's S-H-A-W-N. Or you
0: can contact Ed at Ed at Words with Geeks. You forgot that part, too. <laughs> I usually go first. That's right. Well, you just uh, hesitated. So I was like, I got to jump in. All right, because we're on a time constraint here. All right, well, we'll see you next week, folks. Bye! And we are back. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, so, I mean, there you have it. Um,
1: Anything like that? Read? Um, no. Just the you know. I wish I could get more Star Wars news in, but. I mean,
0: it. did you have another Star Wars news article? Well,
1: it was just a, they were, apparently they're writing a book for uh, Obi Wan. They're. Uh, oh, writing a book. Yes, and okay. it's uh, apparently after his death, so it's going to be his ghost force that this this book's about. You know, and the title is a certain point of view, is what it is.
0: Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. But were, well, I know they already have like an Obi Wan book, but that's when he was younger. Yeah. So this is his after he's dead. After he's dead, yes. I, <laughs> I'm a little confused. Though, like, okay, he's dead, and it's his force ghost. I mean, is he is? It, is he ghostwriter? He's a ghostwriter. <laughs> I mean, he just kind of so I just kind of floated around. <laughs> to the I went to the women's shower <laughs> you know I I followed Vader just to kind of hang around like is it going to take place right after he dies like after he gets <laughs>
1: they didn't really get the two, two specifics in the book but there's the fact that this book's being published and you know like, yeah, so there I was just using the, the, the although you know quotes that they get for the movies you know, right they're so, expecting more like those kind of books coming out
0: so there I was dead you know, I told Luke to run. I followed him on the ship, followed him around, stood there in that boring meeting about the Death Star. Uh, uh, you know, then after that, I went to Dagobah chilled out with Yoda, had a couple, you know, some chit chats with him, and go, what are we going to do? You know, he's on his way. I told him to come over here. How are we going to handle that? It's His Dad thing? <laughs> you know, he's going to find out sooner or later. you, know, you give away spoilers? <laughs> 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 and he's like, I knew it. you would know, be like, dude, you should have just told him flat out that Anakin was fader. He's like, well, from a certain point of view, I did. Oh, that sounds like a title of my new book. You going to do it. I'm going to write it now. I'm writing it now. <laughs> <laughs> told him first person perspective. So I just floated around in space for a little while. I went here. I went there. I'm a ghost now. It's a lot quieter. People ignore me more.
1: <laughs> Thank God they got a heart because that, that place was cold. Even <laughs> for
3: us ghosts.
0: <laughs> Oh, it was chilly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, uh, there you have it, folks. Uh, Thanks for listening. If you want to catch the show live, you can on Sunday nights starting around 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on AquanetRadio.com iTunes Radio and TuneIn. Social Chocolate Ray and those apps. Don't forget to go to our Facebook page, Geeksters, and give us a like. And follow us on Twitter at Geeksters. And as always, if there's something you want to contact Ed about, you can just contact him at Ed at WordsWithGeeks.com.
1: Or you can contact Sean at Sean at WordsWithGeeks.com. It's S H A W N.
0: See you next week, folks. Anytime. There you go. <laughs> Bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, it though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Give him away. Hey,
3: boo. Boo.